Hey guys, it's Dave. I just wanted to take a minute to personally apologize for the tardiness and the quality of this week's episode. Um, things happened at the last minute, and I didn't realize that there was a problem with Brian's microphone. It's not terrible all the way through, and we felt that the conversation and the humor was good enough to go ahead and release it. So those of you that suffer through it, we thank you so much for your patience, and know that this is not indicative of things in the future. We will be more aware and prompt. We want to put out a good show for you guys. We appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And Brian's got a message for you, too, I guess. Hey, everybody. This is Brian from It's All Good, man. If I sound weird right now, it's because I'm actually recording this while in traffic on my way home from work. Anyway, tonight's episode, you might notice some um, cracking noises. That's actually from a microphone issue that Dave and I just discovered not too long ago. But, in all honesty, we just don't have the time to record another episode. Or at least, not another episode on uh, Better Call Saul Episode 2. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead, post the episode. You're going to pretend that those are microphone crackles. You're going to pretend that those are like DJ record scratches. Just so Dave and I seem a little bit more uh, street. Yeah, that's what we'll do. So, please make sure that you participate in a preview with the prior later this week. And uh, we'll, not, we'll try not to suck for episode 303. Dave, go ahead. Put the theme music here. gentlemen this is it's all good man the better wait for it can i get a witness wait, better call saw podcast <laughs> i think i have to pay for that <laughs> but i don't care my name is brian and with me as always is easter bunny dave dave how's it going happy easter everybody and for the record it took brian about 10 seconds to say his own name right yeah there. i don't know why man <laughs> I, I got a lot going on i moved my entire house yesterday it's, it's just absolutely insane well we'll bear with right. you on this brian because uh sometimes this is what you need to do right you know and i actually uh i actually can't wait because um when we move into our new house we're kind of like at our grandparents house right now but i move into our new house uh, the basement is uh, my official domain, and in the basement there is a workshop. But since I don't build shit, that is going to become my podcasting studio within my basement at my new house. We'll build. We'll just build some podcasts. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Dave and I also host the Nothing Important Podcast with our friend Jeff. You can find that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com, where Dave and I chat with people more important and famous than we will ever be and kind of a fun thing uh you can find it on itunes but we are also um we also have an itunes provider page now which means if you wanted to subscribe to uh the podcast you know you had to subscribe to it's all good man and nothing important separately yeah but if you search nothing important it will also come up as nothing important podcast uh-huh like plural and if you subscribe to that then you will get both it's all good man and nothing important Ah, delivered to your uh, 
your iTunes. Me likey. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that um, works with any of the other podcasters like Stitcher and anything like that, but definitely for those of you that use iTunes, it will be a convenient way to hear our stupidity right. quite often. Now, before Dave and I get into talking about Season 3, Episode 2, titled Witness, you know you want to sing it, so just go ahead. Can I get a witness? But I already sang it in the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about my baby! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get into that, uh, yesterday evening, late yesterday evening after I got done moving, uh, we put out preview with a prior for uh-huh. this current episode we're talking about and finally our Bob Odenkirk interview. That's right. It took me a while to get some things rolling, get Dave got pretty crazy busy, mm-hmm. but um, listening back to it, every time we l- listen back to an interview, it sounds better. It's not as bad as we thought or like... Mm-hmm. It was actually like really cool, and like he knew that we were on a podcast. I forgot because he said, "Like, are you on a podcast here?" You know, right, like, right, right. Yeah, it, yeah. Such a great guy. Go listen to the interview; it's awesome. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of love on Twitter for it as Good. well. So, uh, as lot, we should, a lot of love, a lot of retweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have that uh, same interview on the Nothing Important podcast, but the Nothing Important podcast is more like a like a more like a morning radio show, I would say. Yeah, the so, chat, the surrounding chats are different. Yeah, though. the surrounding chats are different. So you know, if you want to head over there, and I, I think at one point we were talking around about uh, uh, walking around Grandma's house naked and Abraham Lincoln's <laughs> first emails, and just kind of uh, entertaining ourselves. But it it was fun, right. and uh, we threw Bob Odenkirk on that as well. So if you want to hear the Bob Odenkirk interview with something slightly different about what Dave and I uh, talk about during our free time. Uh, you can check out the nothing important podcast. Also, I will get another interview with another lead cast member up very, very shortly. That's right. I didn't want to, I don't want to blow the wad. Yep. There you go. So we, we are sitting on an interview with uh Ray Seahorn. Mm-hmm. Look for that. And we talked about some episode, episode two type stuff. So we want, I'm going to wait, you know, until yeah. after that airs to really release that. Okay. And in the bank, we also have on deck, uh, the return of Patrick Fabian for the third time, I believe. That's right. We jib jab with the PFAB for a yeah, little Yeah, yeah, man. That was a fun <laughs> chat, too. He is such a nice dude. He's my favorite guest, he hands is, down. He is such a fun yeah. guy, you know? And it, and it's funny because um, the funny thing about uh, some of these folks is, I'm not going to say I'm like buddies or friends with them, but it's nice that when they interact with us outside of the show, uh-huh. like uh, those of you out there don't know, and I didn't post it on Twitter or anything, but... Uh, one time, um, I, I tried to text you guys a picture of me giving you a thumbs up as a sarcastic response to our podcast group text message. Uh-huh. Accidentally sent it to Patrick Fabian, uh-huh. who um, actually sent me a picture of him driving, giving the right. same sarcastic thumbs up. <laughs> he so, selfied you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, um, so then we kind of went back and forth, and he asked for my address and said he was going to send me something. So it should be interesting yeah, to see what I'm he sends me in the curious mail. curious as to what's going on there. Yeah. Also, of course, I'm sure uh, coming up we'll have uh, Brandon K. Hampton. But mm-hmm. uh, today I talked to Joe DeRosa, who plays the vet. Yes, yes. Another on, good guest um, of ours. Yeah. Plays the vet on Better Call Saul. So uh, hopefully we'll record with him sometime later this week. Cool. Very cool. Maybe over lunch. And the great thing about Joe DeRosa, he just doesn't. He's he's mainly a stand-up comic, right? And he does uh, video game voiceover work. He and uh, he he just came out with a uh, Comedy Central special. Nice, yeah. So, we'll so have more than salt to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So that will we'll, definitely be on the Nothing Important podcast as totally. well because it won't be so salt centric, but it will be somewhat salt centric. So we'll keep it on salt. Yeah, or maybe we'll do what we did with Mark uh, Mark Prost and we'll like try to <laughs> cheat and like split it up, split it half, and make people listen to the other <laughs> the other. Uh, podcast and then uh, talking to our AMC rep, uh, we have all sorts of uh, 
of people in the bank. We're just waiting for the right opportunity to give mm-hmm. a chance to chat with them. Mm-hmm. And kind of a fun thing is uh, a gentleman by the name of Stephen uh, Kelsowitz uh, touched base with me. He actually wrote a book called Why You Better Call Saul. And uh, the book examines the character's transformation and the legal and philosophical issues huh. in Better Call Saul. Uh, he, That's he's- kind of strange that he would write that before the story is complete because there's going to be more to come. Well, I, I think he takes, I, I don't think it's so much about the show Better Call Saul so much as it is about the philosophies and the actual legal mm. mumbo jumbo. He, he's also the guy that wrote The World According to the Simpsons, The Tao of uh, Jack Bauer. Tao. Tao. T-A-O. It's pronounced Tao. All right. The Tao of Jack Bauer, <laughs> and, which I'm assuming is a 24 thing. Yes. And uh, from Poland to Brooklyn, which I have no idea. Poland to Brooklyn. I have no idea what that's about, but we're going to have him uh, come on the show and he's going to have the opportunity to where a few of our listeners can uh, win a copy of his book. That is a fantastic idea. Right. So I think that'd be a fun. So we're doing lots of things for you guys. We don't have t-shirts for you this year, but but we're um, still trying to get you some swag. We want to give you guys swag. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but right now we are talking about season three, episode two titled witness. So let's get into that before it gets too late. Cause once again, Dave and I are doing this the night before it airs on uh, AMC. Yeah, we're definitely have a six days to air South park philosophy this season with our schedules and craziness that's mm-hmm. been going on. So yeah, whatever we keep getting it up on time. So yep, we're, we we're making it happen. Remember, yeah. uh, our episodes post as the credit rolls on better call Saul, and if it was up any faster it would be live and sometimes i'm editing it during the show yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) like last time yeah i think i got the file like with like 10 minutes left in the show i was watching the clock pretty hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right season three episode two titled witness uh the opening uh cold opening uh focused on a tea kettle and uh first you just kind of see some dude playing cards and it threw me for a loop because i was sitting there i'm like the hell's that guy right i was looking through notes from last season i'm yeah. like who's the what where, where did that guy come from and uh it, it's funny because it's so awkward because chuck is, is politely inquisitive as to uh-huh. his game of solitaire right and he i think he's just trying to like cut the tension he's like you know why, why do the cards have holes in them and the guy goes on to explain and tries to like make a connection and like not really bond with them but like kind of like make it a little less awkward and it brings up vegas and chuck's like oh yeah i yeah. Like he just right, like yeah. totally like, and I I don't know. I was trying to like stretch some metaphor out of that mm-hmm. about the whole like prevents from cheating, mm-hmm. and, and once something's used up, you stamp a hole in it and sell it for a buck. Right. You know, I don't. I that kind of caught me. I, there was obviously some purposeful dialogue mm-hmm. in there, but what got me about that scene was the blue hue. Yeah, because blue hue always meant flashback in the earlier right. season. So I'm thinking this is a flashback. So who's this guy? from the past mm. and then it doesn't get revealed until later what's really going on. Right. But he's because he's being so suspicious and he's not acting like he's, you know, the, uh, uh reactions to the electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was an older, you know, or younger Chuck. I thought this was a flashback. <laughs> right. And I, I, I do love how, uh, how, uh, Chuck is just uh, completely uninterested in the guy. Yeah. Like, so he's obviously there for some sort of purpose, but he's way- using it up until he stamps a hole in him and tosses him out. Man. Yeah. Yeah. The way it was set up, though, <laughs> I was like, I, it, I felt like they said, they totally set it up like it was somebody we should have an idea of who the hell it was. But yeah. 
but uh, not at all. But it's fun. Uh, it's fun. He kind of left us scrambling. And I did. I mean, I'm always going to comment on the camera pans because the, the reveal of it, when it kind of pans to the mirror, mm-hmm. and you see the person in the mirror when you originally thought there was nobody else in the room. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting stuff there. Yep. So uh, it opens up. It's uh, the caddy with the lawyer up. Mm-hmm. So is that, that keeping consistent with previous seasons? As far as I remember, yes. Now, one thing that struck me, and I'm sorry if the person from Reddit is listening to this because... Um, I hope they are because that's just another listener for it. Yeah, I hope so. And, I'm, and thank I'm, you I'm for gonna, listening. I'm going to uh, <laughs> message him after this and say that we, we talked about... I'll have to go back and find his post. But remember last year we kind of had the idea about the black and white parts of the opening? Uh-huh. Um, uh, this person on Reddit, again, I apologize if you're listening and I don't have your username. I'll try to correct that during this week's preview with the prior. Fantastic. Uh, he noticed that the credits are getting more and more black and white. So he proposed a theory that since Gene is in black and white, uh-huh. if the credits eventually go all black and white, then finally we'll get to see Gene in color. I like it. Which is, which is pretty interesting yeah. because um, that, that'd be a good like final, you know, like, uh, because then, then we're officially in, in Gene's life. You know right. What I mean, like we're post- Post Breaking Bad, yeah. Post all this stuff, so, it kind of like the conclusion of the entire narrative. Yeah, exactly. So that that'd be really cool if they did that, and that's a that's a great that's a great theory. So I'll make sure that he gets his credit. On These clever, preview. clever, clever bastards, man. Mm-hmm. Opening scene at post post opening post credits post credits <laughs> opens on a crossword puzzle. That's right. Where I I paused it. Uh huh. I found some extra words. Okay. All right. So I found cave. Okay. Crater. Uh huh. Caps. Okay. And cactus. <laughs> For real cactus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Go watch it and look. <laughs> you know, let's just extrapolate that and just say for some reason that's a nod to us. We're just going to go ahead and claim that even though there's no way in hell. I tried so hard to even find like some sort of close spelling to cactus and the closest I got was like C. R-C-U-S or something. It was kind of close. <laughs> just to clarify, but. like the letters for the word cactus were in there, just not in sequence. Exactly. Definitely a it's like if you're playing Boggle, mm-hmm. you could have put cactus together. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're just... Uh, I thought these were detectives. Yeah, I wasn't At really sure. At first, I really had that... Because, you know, the stakeout, I thought they were staking somebody out. That's my mm-hmm. first impression. Yeah. Like, like the people sleeping in the car was staking... Staking somebody out. I staking thought maybe they're staking out. Mike out or something. Right, but it was actually Mike staking them out. Right. They had just retrieved the tracker from Mike. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we go on to this uh, this big long scene of where uh, it's it's just Mike following the driver of the car that was handed the the tracking device. Right. Right. A lot of cool cinematography in that. Yeah, it's very cool sequence. Um. Mm-hmm. But what I what I took from it was this. I kind of felt Mike was out of character here. You think in so? all honesty, he's like, isn't this when he just pulls up, leaves the headlights on? He's walking in the middle of the street, you know, with the like. He's being so conspicuous. He was like over the overhang, yeah. like looking down. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it was kind of like they didn't really show you he was on a bridge at first. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like he's wandering around, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, dude, you're on a bridge. You know the guy's gonna be underneath you. <laughs> But then I realized that maybe he was kind of smart and was just looking for the point. Right. You know. A couple a couple things I noticed during this scene. The credits were going through, you know, like the stars of the show. Mm-hmm. And I saw Michael Mando's name pop up. But he wasn't in this episode, was he? No. Maybe he's just one of those uh, 
I like think, he gets a credit every yeah, show. Yeah, they get he's a credit like a for every episode. Did he have a credit character. on the first episode? I didn't. I, I honestly don't watch the credits. I'm too busy looking at the background stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. I, I thought that was uh, also uh, the gentleman who retrieved when he when he's going down like the side of the embankment into the giant drainage tunnels. Mm-hmm. And he's like having a hard time kind of scooting down that. Yeah. Like as it pans out. And you see him going down like the big uh, slanted concrete embankment. Mm-hmm. Just to the left of it, there's a very uh, like grassy, obviously easier path <laughs> to walk up. I didn't and I'm like, why didn't you just walk like ten feet down the road <laughs> and then just like go down the grass and then across <laughs> instead of trying not to break his neck falling down the cement? I probably would have done the same. Yeah, I probably would have rolled down the cement just to see if I could do it. Yeah, and this is the first time I noticed this was um, Mike uses the binoculars on a mirror. Yeah. Does that work in real life? I don't know. I don't know I, I was thinking about that, too. I don't know. I mean, I get that, like, the binoculars, pretty much all they do is use, like, the existing light to magnify and all that. But, right. Like, it's all lenses and refraction right, I, of I, light. I, I don't think I've ever... I, it made me want to go find a pair of binoculars and, like, look in the mirror just to see. <laughs> right? Like, I, I didn't quite... I, if anybody's out there who's ever done anything like that, please let us know if that really works. Like, I might just try it throughout the week and have an answer for you for preview. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, product. it would. It makes sense that it would. I guess but, if your eyeglasses improve your sight and you're looking your eyeglasses into a mirror, you see the reflection right. better. Right. And that's the same principle. It's just the binoculars use two lenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Odd. But yeah. Um, uh, the scene ends, and it's, it's finally daylight, and uh, we finally get the first official in-show glimpse of uh, uh, Los Polos. Yeah. I liked monos. it. I, I, I'm kind of regretting the way I watched that scene. I kept pausing it to take notes. I took a lot of notes during that scene. Which I pretty much never even said in the whole conversation, <laughs> but but it was mostly about Mike kind of acting more conspicuous than I thought he should, mm-hmm. and well, then that's, that's what but I was thinking. The reveal didn't pay off for me like it should have, but I think it probably if you watch it all without mm-hmm. pausing, it's yeah. a pretty cool reveal because this is long ass scene, and then it pulls out and it's like bam, right? Yeah, you're it's, at Los it's, it's, it's like hinting at what everybody's like been waiting for, right? And, and, yeah. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, the, the the whole thing, like when he was like looking over the the, the overpass and like down on him, like, how does anybody not see you? Because yeah. like line of sight, right? So you had to be close enough to the wall. All that guy had to do is like sneeze or like look up or something. He would he would have saw you. So yeah, I really get where you're going with that. But uh, you know, it's probably necessary for storytelling. And uh, once again, they have a successful TV show and we don't exactly. So, <laughs> so who the hell are we? Um, I just, I just don't want to be rose colored glasses for everything. I guess you gotta you know. Right, and remember, I actually struggled like with that it. during season one because I, right. because I, I remember being uh, somewhat disappointed in the uh, season finale of season one. Right, right, and I actually struggled about that, but then I was like, no, I got to be honest. Yeah, you this know, is like, just like, what we think of the show. We're yeah. not a mouthpiece for the show, mm-hmm. although we kind of want to be in it. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So uh, again, I don't know if this was during a commercial or if it was just the edit that we saw, but we uh, we see Jimmy painting the uh, the uh, the Wexler McGill. Sign. Yeah, I like that. The mountain type logo with the sky. And yeah, the, and he was explaining how, how yeah. it was supposed to go. And uh, uh, Francesca makes a return. That's right. Francesca Liddy. Honey tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he called her in, uh, in Break of Bad. So it was good. It was good to see her return. So she's, right. been, she's definitely been with Saul for a while. And it was, it was kind of fun to see. I kind of hinted at that a bit in uh, some mm-hmm. of the things I wrote where 
you know, Gus isn't the only one who reappears. So it was right. nice to see. Um, it, it was nice to see Francesca appear, and um, there's a good chance that she is going to appear on the It's All Good Men podcast. So nice. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to ask her how she was, you know, like a funny but a very minor character in Breaking Bad, you know. And right. They kind of brought her back in because she's actually an integral part of the story. So it'll be and, fun to talk to her about after in real life, you know, after all those years and uh, the difference in demeanor from the way, you know. In broken in Breaking Bad, she was in her own way a little crooked, right? And you know she was just kind of over it, but like, hey, it paid the bills, right? Right. You know, and then in this, she's gung ho, ready to go to uh, get away from the DMV, right? E- eager, <laughs> and and I, I'm I'm curious. She had to know she's going to get a call, right? Like she had to know she's going to be a part of the story at some point. Yeah. You know, so was she like waiting for the call, or right, she thinking maybe they'll just write me out and you know? He, and I and I haven't looked in IMDb. I don't. I don't know if she's done anything in the past. Time, in the past, but like from all the people we've talked about uh, involved with this series and, and Break a Bad or whatever, there, there's a lot of people who don't have giant resumes who were mm-hmm. just brought in for for bit parts. And, right. You know, like Ken wins. You know, like yeah. he's done some commercial work. Uh, we we talked to him last year too. Yeah, Kyle Bornheimer. Kyle Bornheimer. You know, and uh, you know, I don't think his main profession is acting, but he got to come back. I think he's got a pretty extensive resume, actually. Small I think parts. he does, but they're... The, Bit parts, you know, you know, or smaller I mean? stuff, yeah. Yeah, smaller stuff, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, but I love the I love the interview. Are you, are you gonna, or were you going to elaborate? Go ahead. Uh, one, one thing uh, that I thought was a little on the nose is when he was asking him about the lines in the in the WM. Yes. And she said, like, you know, the M was just a, a little bit crooked. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cute. But then, like, when, like, he's like, huh little bit crooked uh, like a little too on the nose oh see the the actual wording of it because what i took from it was she was honest mm-hmm. you know he asked her questions she asked her honestly she didn't just be like oh no it's fine you know you did it it's great right she was honest and said it was right. a little crooked but he goes huh it's a little bit crooked which is obviously an allusion to his like kind of ambiguous morality right you know what i mean a little bit crooked yeah, yeah and i, I didn't like, like put that together nice catch yeah thank you and i was just like ah, a little on the nose but it was it was cute yeah it was cute. They head into an interview, and uh, Jimmy was kind of like, "Man, I don't know." He, he was like, imp- "It was like he wasn't taking it seriously. Like he just needed somebody." Right? Yeah. He he and he said, he, you know, ends up saying that he's got he's expecting a bunch of phone calls. Needs somebody. Needs some help right now. Mm-hmm. So he didn't care. Some formalities, and he kind of knew. Everybody knows what it's like in the DMV. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of knew she'd be able to handle the game. Yeah, and and Kim, in contrast, is kind of like she's all business, trying to take right. it serious, uh, and she's not really impressed by Jimmy's method of. Right. Well, Jimmy's got quantity. Right. Kim's got quality. She's got right. one major client. Jimmy's got a lot of kind of easy work. Yeah, he he was asking. Um, I, I I don't have any of the direct quotes, but kind of just like like silly questions. Yeah. You know, yeah, I didn't write any quotes down either. But yeah. yeah. But um, and then he offers her the job right then and there, and, yeah. and that is how Francesca enters the fold. Enters the fold, yeah. I, I, I uh, one of the funny things, uh, because it's like in Breaking Bad, like Saul seems like he he has a lot of fun, like just kind of like poking at her, you know, like uh-huh. messing with her, yeah. and like the one where like he's like, mm, that ass girl, or he says something <laughs> about her ass as she walks back into the uh-huh. back into the office. Like I hope we eventually get to see like. How that develops. How he kind of breaks that barrier down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. And, of course, this takes place, like, 
what so many years ago like we, nowadays like Saul would have got sued for like sexual harassment but, but <laughs> well, back that's then here north. but back then people could take a joke or at least didn't take everything <laughs> as serious so it'll be interesting too yeah this is around the era of myspace not facebook Brian. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah there you go very nice uh so i love the training we're gonna get into the training yeah trial by fire right love it well that and the whole like be folksy yeah. You know, because she's just being professional. Yeah. And then he totally coaches her. And it's that whole charismatic, you know, winning yeah. people over their personality. Like, like I like how the idea of folksy is everybody get at, gets asked uh, how hot it is out there today. Right. <laughs> and then also uh, she mentions Cracker Barrel. Yeah, he twice. tells her, mention Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and I like how when she called him Mr. Gill and he's like, no, Jimmy, always Jimmy. Always Jimmy. Don't call me Mr. McGill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very personable. Yeah. And uh, she gets a phone phone call as he's kind of putting together the office and such. Uh-huh. Uh, which is kind of like a fun scene. Like, it, it's... Uh, yeah. Man, I, I, I really like that scene, but I can't explain why. Even though even though it's, it's kind of mundane, but it's just kind of funny, like, her working through the process of the script that she's supposed to speak. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of doing something mundane, like putting the couches mm-hmm. uh, where they're supposed to be. And uh, and it's actually Mike on the other line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, I kind of picked up on that pretty quick too. Mm-hmm. The way he wasn't having the folksy, you know, she kept. Uh, he wouldn't let her blow him off. Right. Yeah. 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 And he, he takes the call ASAP, and uh, uh, Mike's actually buying a new car, and he invites Jimmy for uh, breakfast. I love the inflatable gorilla in the background. That's so perfect. I didn't, even, I didn't even see that. You didn't notice that? No, that was a gorilla with beach, like sh- beach shorts and sunglasses. Oh, nice. Because almost the exact same gorilla was at the dealership when I bought the current car that I'm driving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like where they have like a giant fan like hooked up to a chute and it's just like... I like when Not people, the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing. No, tube, I know, man. but that's how they're filled up, you know? Like <laughs> right, they have yeah. a giant fan and it just... I like it when they put them on, um, put them on top of the dealership so it's just like this giant, you know, like... like 10 story tall right, just hovering over you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy a car here blah, blah, blah. yeah he was holding a car above his head that said sale in a king kong like fashion yep yeah, yep pretty awesome yeah he's like you breakfast tomorrow mm-hmm. now uh then mike sends uh jimmy to los pollos hermanos mm-hmm. i think i pronounced it i think i pronounced it polos last time but it's pollos. Pollos. los pollos hermanos hermanos and um He's basically there to scope out the guy with the green backpack. Right. And this is one of my favorite shots, too. Yeah. It's it's uh, in uh, Bob Odenkirk, when we spoke to him, kind of alluded to this because I, I, I brought up how there's like a little bit more comedy. And he, uh-huh. he, he spoke in uh, he, he's it, it was obviously he was talking about this scene mm. where it, it's a lot of physical comedy. No real words. The scene goes on for minutes. Right. And it's just uh, Jimmy trying to be coy. Right. And stake out this guy who brings the backpack in. He gets his coffee for breakfast. And, uh, you know, he, he's watching the Mark arrive. And he, he's following him around the restaurant. And, uh, you know, and, and then it turns out the guy just does nothing right. with the green bag. Even though that was like <laughs> the focus to see what happened with it. He does absolutely nothing with it. Right. And the whole time I'm just thinking like. Stop staring at him so hard. Right. And this is my thought. Gus saw Jimmy staring and Gus called off the drop. You know what? That's that's awesome because 
I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to that in a minute, so don't let me forget. Right? Okay. So uh, yeah, and then uh, the Mark uses the garbage, and Jimmy like dives in the garbage. Yeah, I started laughing at that. His ass is hanging out the garbage. Right, yeah. Like how <laughs> how more conspicuous can you be? You're you're half your body's in the damn garbage can. And then clever. he clever. Yeah, and he pulls off his watch and drops it in there intentionally, and he's approached by uh, by Gus, and then we finally get to see Gus. Right. You see his abdomen. Right, yeah, I, I have notes here. He actually appears, you know, like a minute before, uh-huh, like the sweeping the background. But you could, but it like it's like a very yeah, like his abdomen and out of focus. Yes, you know, which is but funny. You because, know, it's him. Right, yeah, because even I the whole time was like, you know, like oh, he's, they're gonna yeah. show. I was like, oh, there he is, there yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts to Jimmy and Mike. Mm. Jimmy's briefing Mike about what he saw in the car, right? Oh, yeah. but I don't want to forget the part where uh, he has a soda machine with his arm. We're talking about right. the physical, physical comedy. I laughed out loud at that part, too. And he just kind of shakes it off, and, you know. And, yeah. And, well, what's awesome about that, too, is, like, he makes noise, and it startles him because he's trying to be sneaky. Right. But in a busy-ass restaurant, it wouldn't matter that he makes noise because literally every person. That actually makes you blend in better. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of sugar you put in his coffee, too. Yeah. Because when he drank the coffee, he's like, oh. That's gross because he just kept pouring sugar while he was right. watching the guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great scene though. I I really like yeah. it. And I not a lot to... of talking thus far no. in this episode. Just a lot of physicality. And I do want to mention when I said I like the pan, how it starts off. Jimmy's outside the car. The camera circles the room, and when it comes back, he's inside the restaurant. Yeah. So you set the scene, then it's kind of established some more artistic stuff, and then yeah, then the scene commences, and now we move on to where. Jimmy's briefing Gus. Yep. So Jim, no, Jimmy's briefing Mike. I'm sorry, Jimmy's briefing. Mike. He's he's briefing him in the car, and it's so funny because he just wants to be part of the caper. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like he just wants to be part of it because Mike is just like kind of taking the information, trying to process yeah. why whatever transpired transpired, and and Jimmy like. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what's I, next? I, I cleared my whole morning. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. What are we gonna do now? I like, clear the books. Like, we're in this together. We're like, gonna chase down the Kettleman's or what? Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What's our next move?" Yeah. What's our? <laughs> and uh, Mike's just like, "That's it." Yeah. He's like, "But I cleared my morning." Which is that strikes me as kind of weird too, because he's so used to pulling scams. So when he gets kind of that, like, like that green, when somebody's real green and new to something, uh-huh. excitement about it, it's kind yeah. of like, "Well, you're like a professional scam artist." Right. It's weird to see him get that excited about helping but he just he, he likes capers man yeah I, I like how he he assures mike that he has his back right like, hey who has your back the right guy, or i don't remember what he said but and then and then mike just kind of like blows him off and drives yeah, off get the fuck out of my car we're, we're done right. here so they leave and then it, it it pulls out right and gus is kind of sweeping up outside uh-huh and then he then he looks up and like that's the moment where it seems like he puts two and two together. But as I was watching it, I'm like, what did he, what did he, what, like, what triggered him to figure out what was going on? Like, did he see, like, when he looked up, like, that, say, like, Mike's car pull away from across the street? In Jimmy's the, car. It was Jimmy's car. Was yeah, in the reflection of. The steam. And then he thought something was weird because why would that car be parked there so long after? After he was in his restaurant or something. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, what was the moment? Yeah, like, what, what triggered him to figure it out? But then but then you stated that um, 
I think he already knew. I think because I found that look weird when he when Gus like perks up and kind of looks past the camera, like I I think that's to tell us he knows something. And I think he might have been outside, kind of doing to Jimmy what Jimmy was just doing to backpack. Ah, guy. there you go. Kind of watch him out of the corner of his eye. He sees Jimmy go over the hill, but the car doesn't leave or whatever. So he's just kind of hanging out outside. Right. Kind of what I took from it. So when Gus like stands up and looks off, it's not because he just realized it. It's just now that's an artistic thing to us saying, like, like a nod, like yeah. because now he's 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 processing his next move, right? Which exactly. makes sense because nothing happened with the green bag, and you brought up like. Gus was obviously around the restaurant and keeping uh-huh. an eye on things, and uh, maybe he like waved his yeah. hand or something, or gave him some or sort of might, signal. Maybe they. That's my. That's what I was thinking is they might have a deal where he goes and gets a meal, and if if Gus doesn't approach him by the time the meal's done, he bails out. Gotcha. You know, because gotcha. in Breaking Bad, Gus would always join them. Right. Yeah. He'd always join you at your table, so he doesn't join you at your table. You just finish your meal and act normal. Yeah. Clever. Overall, good scene. Well, good. That puts it in context. So that that's good. See, you help me out, guy. You help me out. You're welcome, buddy. And then we have the time lapse scene, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. The whole time lapse and Mike's tracking the cars, which shows Mike's attention to detail. Right. And then the black Escalade pulls up. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought you were saying was a nod to another Breaking Bad character. Who's the guy driving? Mm-hmm. Was that a Breaking Bad character? I don't know. They that- made a point to show his face, so either you know who he is or you need to know who he is. Right. Right, and, and, not, and I thought I that too. I was I, because I don't have time to go back and scan every episode of right. of uh, Breaking Bad. But um, if anybody out there knows if that's a character from Breaking Bad, please feel free to inform Dave right. and I, and we'll give you a shout out for sure. And we honestly we could check the credits, but the episode hasn't aired yet, so it's not credited yet. So right. we can't go see if that guy's in both credits. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, again, he uses the the binoculars on the mirrors again. Yeah, does it again? Which apparently is a common common tactic. Hmm. of his i'm gonna try it this week yeah that's something we we gotta try and then mike takes off well he he realizes that guy has the tracker Mm -hmm. so now mike's chasing the tracker again Mm -hmm. yep uh cut to the next scene ernesto arrives at uh kim and jimmy's office our boy our boy brandon and then uh he gets kim to come outside and which is hilarious that she has to come outside well she because he calls her says come outside and then he says well i didn't want to call you and she's like you did call me he's like oh yeah i did yeah <laughs> well he's not sure how to handle it right he's very awkward and and he's very not comfortable around anybody but jimmy i guess maybe mm-hmm. it's just jimmy's personality puts ernie at ease and that's why mm-hmm. he's so on jimmy's side yeah absolutely because he's it's, it's very awkward the way he just beats around the bush and kim has to drag it out of him and all that confidentiality stuff. Right. And then it turns out the whole scene is just a big dick tease. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then it, but then we see Kim. But it immediately gets resolved. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kim uh, goes inside to relay the information to, to Jimmy. And uh, so did, when Kim grabs Jimmy, did you hear the background? No. You hear Francesca say, did you guys have the soup at Cracker Barrel today? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because the people are checking out. Yeah. Yeah. She asked about cracking. Keeping up the folksy. Keeping <laughs> up the folksy. It's, it's genius. Because this one, I, I told myself I want to listen with headphones because I wanted to hear background shit. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep doing that. It's going to be my thing. And yeah, it's, it's like very subtle. But she totally mentions Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how she pulls Jimmy aside and she's obviously upset and mm-hmm. kind of nervous and trying to process everything. And she does the whole, uh, give me a dollar. 
Is this the origin of that? Because I remember Breaking Bad, but has Jimmy yep. done this yet in Better Call Saul? No, this is the first time. That's where it came from. My notes said uh, Saul did that exact thing in Breaking Bad when mm-hmm. Walt and Jesse kidnapped him, mm-hmm. and he kind of talks him off the ledge from like whatever he thinks they're going to do, and he's right. like, you know, put like a five in my pocket. He's like, all right, I'm your lawyer now. We have yeah. uh, client confidentiality, client whatever. Oh, he didn't do that with the twins? No. I was trying to remember if he did that with the twins. No. Okay. I mean, correct. Feel free out there to correct yeah, us. We may be wrong. wrong, but as far as we're concerned, as far as I'm concerned, he stole this tactic from Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice. Good. 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 And it's nice, and it like organically it's makes sense. Organic callback to break. Yeah. It, it wasn't shoehorned in. It was. Right. Uh, it wasn't seahorned in. It wasn't seahorned in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, um, Jimmy tells Kim uh, what transpired, and. Uh, you know, Kim informs Jimmy that he was recorded, which, again, I can't believe I didn't pick it up in episode one, but Chuck totally had the play button pushed down so when Ernesto mm-hmm. put the batteries in, that it would intentionally play some of the tape, mm-hmm. thus making Chuck's con. You know, he was playing he was playing the long con. <laughs> I was going to bring that up later, but, yeah, he totally set Ernie up. Yeah. Yeah, like he knew Ernie would go tell Jimmy. So when he said... So in, in episode one, where uh, uh, Howard Hamlin's like, I can't think of anybody that would be interested in this. And Chuck said, I know somebody. Ah, oh, I missed that. Yeah. Nice. So, so who, who'd be interested in it? Ernesto, Ernie. because he knew Ernesto and Jimmy are buddies. So uh-huh. he would he would eventually. Didn't Ernie lie about the scene, too, at the copy place? Yeah. He lied to him, he and kinda, Chuck he knew had, he was lying. Yeah, he kind of had it out for Ernie, too. He feels Ernie's in on this. Right. Ernie just wants to be friends. Like, right. He's totally caught up in the middle of this, absolutely. Right. But, yeah, very. That's a yeah. when they revealed that that was the long con, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't pick it up until the end of the episode, and mm-hmm. it kind of blew my mind. Uh, Kim uh, runs down all the reasons why the tape is uh, you know, legally worthless, and um, uh-huh. Jimmy kind of really doesn't seem faced by it at first he's just his whole his whole attitude is like well we'll we'll just kind of cross the bridge when we get there we'll right. you know everything will work out we'll we'll take care of it i thought he was phased by it pretty good i even wrote that down you think so what i say i mean he didn't he really panic jimmy takes it hard and then kim is the doing so I, I wrote down that jimmy takes it hard and then kim is the calming voice you know cause she's not mad she just wants to get past this or whatever and she's like we're gonna figure this out she even said that we're going to figure this out. Yeah. And then it shows uh, Jimmy, he's unrolling the tape with the same technique that Chuck. That Chuck taught him. That Chuck taught him. While Kim's talking him down, kind of a flip-flop reversal. Right. He, he's like, first I feel like he's trying He's trying to play cool like it doesn't bother him as much as it does. Uh-huh. And he's, he's rolling the tape. But as he's rolling it, and kind of like maybe the frustration of having to roll the tape so slow so the, seat, so the, the line uh-huh. is perfect. You know, and like the wheels are turning in his head. And it's a reminder of what he yeah, did. And it just keeps, keeps growing and growing and growing. He eventually gets pissed off, rips the tape off, and ruins his. And he makes that corner crooked. Makes that corner crooked. <laughs> that's that's a, the point, man. That's the. Because that's, <laughs> that's what she said. That right corner is a little crooked. And that's the corner that he fucks up by mm-hmm. dragging it. Totally pointless. But I really enjoyed the flip flop, the way he's rolling the tape and Kim's talking him down. As opposed to Chuck rolling the tape and Jimmy talking Chuck down. Yep. In season, in episode one. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Mike is uh, still on the hunt. He's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, 
he eventually happens to find the gas cap on top of a phone in the middle of the road, yeah. which I'm pretty sure something similar happened in Breaking Bad when Walter White was trying to turn the tables on Gus, and Gus kind of led him out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I'm pretty sure there was a scene in Breaking Bad where yeah. it, there was a, a phone in the middle of, of a road in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was very similar. You know, Mike answered the phone. Yeah. Like, like right. kind of like you got me kind of deal, you know? like. So I'm going to go ahead and double down here. And that's when Gus offers Mike the job, as I said in preview of the prior. Oh, nice. You think- all my other predictions were like way off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point of preview of the prior, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Predicting uh, the next episode but, of Better Call Saul right. often. Incorrectly. Incorrectly. That's right. We have no idea what was said because it just cut when Mike said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I'm assuming that's probably out of commercial, like watching on TV. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Or, yeah, well, we haven't yet had the chance to watch it on TV. So we pick back up and we see uh, Howard Hamlin kind of just right. like P Fab and the Jag. Hauling, hauling balls and scaling walls. That's what I wrote. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I like how he, he's like climbing the walls and he hits the wind chime. It's like, oh shit! Like right. he made all these noise. Well, a little more of that physical comedy too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he's he's uh. Jimmy did the same thing. It's all about the elbows. Yeah, he's he's like trespassing <laughs> a bit. Um, and uh, we actually talked to Patrick Fabian about this. Like I always say mm-hmm. that Patrick Fabian has or Howard Hamlin, the character, always has like this like Superman stance of like he's ready to rock. Mm-hmm. You know, after he scales like the second wall and he's finally in Chuck's backyard, which you don't know it at the time, but he's in the backyard and then he just kind of straightens up and like kind of cracks his neck and puts a suit on. It's like game time. And he's like, right. Yeah. You know, you can almost hear him be like, let's do this. And like, then he heads into uh, Chuck's house looking dapper as fuck. Dapper as fuck. Especially since he just climbed two walls in the hot ass desert mm-hmm. sun. Well, as Patrick said, those suits are worth more than his role. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Then he confronts Chuck and, uh, and he is getting concerned. The ploy is wearing out. Like how long are you gonna keep this up? But they say it's been eight days. Yeah, because he's worried about he's worried about the cut uh, the cost of it all. You know, because that's when we find out that guy is basically a private investigator right. to be a witness to whatever to their anticipated move that Jimmy is gonna break in and right. steal the tape. Um, what happened to Chuck's head? He had a big mark on his head. Did he get hit in the head? Is is, is that something I just wasn't seeing? Or maybe that's something we'll oh find my God. out later. I didn't even think to note that because now you're saying that I was. I remember seeing a bandage on Chuck's head. Yeah. Did I? Did I miss something? Yeah. The end of season two. He did slammed he? his head on the freaking countertop at the coffee shop or the copy shop. Oh, but for some reason yeah, I didn't. That's the bandage from him nailing on his his head on the counter. Oh, maybe it was very prominent because for some reason I didn't notice that bandage in the previous scenes with Chuck. No, it could have totally been there. I think it probably was. But I I, I feel like it was more prominent. Maybe because of what transpires in the scenes, you know, like it's like a visual metaphor for like yeah. the hurt and pain or damage or whatever. I think but, it's just, you just, it's, there's so much going on and we're paying so much attention to other things. Yeah. And maybe it didn't register. Yeah. Just because, for some reason, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what the, what the fuck happened to his head? But yeah, I must have subconsciously put that together because that didn't strike me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Chuck's got a bandage on his head, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it's from, yep. that's the whole point is that he passed out. And, uh, and I really like Chuck's like, as officers of officers of the court, this is our ethical responsibility. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a personal vendetta because, against your brother, dude. Right? Yeah, and, he, he, and by saying stuff like that, though, he's also like kind of like manipulating Howard Hamlin, right? You know, trying to make it seem like it, it's not personal, but this shit's personal, right? Like, and it's obvious that it's personal. 
And I, they're like, how do you, pretty much they're like, oh, how do we even know this is going to work? And Chuck goes on, look, if I know my brother, and it starts talking about how he's going to break in in the, in the cover of darkness, and then uh, Jimmy breaks the goddamn door down yeah. in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. That's exactly what I wrote down, too. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but right before that happened is mm-hmm. when I put together that he set Ernie up. Nah. Ernie was part of the long game, and that was all on purpose. Because I had always been questioning, why the hell was the play button depressed when he changed the batteries? Mm-hmm. So that's because I remember, that I originally thought they did like the whole weird thing, like, oh, I put the batteries in and accidentally hit play, and then it was right. just coincidental. And then everybody corrected me, and I'm like, why the hell didn't I catch on to that to begin with? Right. But yeah, so he totally pressed the play button so Ernie would hear it. I, I figured that out when Ernie was in the car and he showed up to talk to Kim. Ah, Kim Wexler. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't put that together until there was something said in that scene that triggered it. I didn't write down what was said, but that was the moment. Mm-hmm. So I was a little slow on that. Yeah, but I got there. And uh, uh you know, uh, Jimmy's like, "Asshole! No wonder why Rebecca left you." That was a big line. By the way, Tarantula Doug just entered the room. Doug, Tarantula Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Doug. Hey, <laughs> so yeah, when he says, "No wonder Rebecca left you," what took her so long? That answers one question we've had. That is, hold on one sec. Tyrantula, Doug. <laughs> I wonder if anybody even remembers that. <laughs> From like, I will now. <laughs> it was a Tyrantula. <laughs> well, we'll have another chance to say it because it's one of the openings of the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it, and it kind of hits them right, right in the gut, right? Like, right. no wonder why Rebecca left you. And uh, just a couple notes on that. Um, one... When uh, my accidentally deleted interview with Michael McKean, uh-huh. he, he did bring it up that uh, we would get a little bit more insight into Rebecca uh-huh. and his relationship. And he talked about how it, it does bother Chuck because he knows that his brother's kind of a dipshit, mm-hmm. but um, everybody loves him. Right. You know, so it's like... Which, oh, that reminds me. There was a big moment that we didn't address. What's that? And it was when Francesca says, they really love you. And he looks at the mural and goes, yeah, well, who doesn't? Oh, and the look on his face because Chuck doesn't. Oh, you know? I never caught that. Yeah, nice. he's like, yeah, everybody loves me. Who doesn't? Nice job. But no, he's totally fucking in love with Chuck. Twitter follower John Miller um, also put it out there. Rebecca was uh, confirmed by Michael McKean. He stated that he got to work with uh, Ann Cusack again this season. And uh, we'll we'll get to find out more about their relationship. Oh, so she will actually be on the show. Mm-hmm, yep, at some point. Allegedly. Allegedly. Leaked on Twitter, not by us. Well, that was that was a direct quote from Michael McKean. And okay. I can confirm that had I not deleted <laughs> had I not deleted the interview that I did last week with Michael McKean, um, he does talk about that you'll get more insight. And you know what sucks is I went back to that email that you sent me. And no, it links it to your link. Ah. So it wasn't like you sent me the file and then deleted yeah. yours. Mm-hmm. You sent me a link to yours because when I clicked it, it said this file has been deleted. Damn it. I accidentally deleted an interview I did with Michael McKean, who plays Chuck McGill on Better Call Saul, Doug. I heard that. Yeah. Tyrantula, Doug. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so when, but when Jimmy does say, no wonder she left you, it took you so long, that was. I mean, was there a straw needed to break that camel's back that he's totally like Chuck's just full on vindictive now? Well, and like just go ahead because Jimmy starts going crazy and going right. And- well, he he just wanted to try to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's another thing that me and Michael Bikin, uh talked about where um, Jimmy takes no responsibility for anything that transpired because right. like yeah, Chuck is an asshole, but 
Jimmy's like, you ruined our family for this. Yeah. But like, Jimmy's the one that like put all this in motion. Like right. all this is a direct result of him. Yeah. And th- that was kind of weird though. You ruined our family for this. Like it's the tape. It was like, what do you got copy though? He's like, it's just it. them too. You know, like you ruined our family. It's just them too. Like I would, you know, you ruined our relationship. Yeah. Would be more appropriate. So what, why did he, that's an interesting choice of words to me. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, this. I guess you're right. They are the only, yeah. the only two. Um, then, you know, Chuck is just kind of uh, make sure, you know, uh, Howard Hamlin and uh, Solitaire playing detective guy mm-hmm. <laughs> enter the room, and uh, Chuck confirms that they're witnesses. Mm-hmm. They, they say, yeah, we, we're here, man. We, we totally are. And then the episode ends with them just kind of staring at each other. And uh, he drops his head. Yeah, and uh, Chuck has the whole, like, checkmate right. like type. Look, which won't it's not going to be a checkmate it's only the second episode Mm. by the way totally wrong my prediction that they don't address the relationship it just took him to the last scene of the fucking episode (laughs) to do it (laughs) because i was the whole time i'm like yes i'm gonna be right about that and then nope it's a pretty big fucking deal yeah and uh you know i i I guess maybe next episode we might see um uh jimmy go to jail because a lot of the promo materials for this year were uh, alluding to uh, Jimmy in jail. I think there was actually like a, a picture of him in like a jumpsuit, but uh yeah. but the main um the main promo pick for this year it, it looks like Jimmy like painted stripes on the wall but then it goes over a suit so it looks like a classic like old school like jail. Ah uh, yes. uniform. Like those old jail movies, eh? Where they chase him with the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. maybe maybe uh he'll have like a classic ball and chain and makes make an escape down like He's a happy. random railroad track. <laughs> like dogs are following him and he has to like you have to traverse the creek because, <laughs> because the ball downs can't smell the water. That'd be great, though, to see, like, Jimmy McGill, like, put the ball and chain on a railroad track and then, like, lay down and hope that he doesn't get hit by the train <laughs> so it cuts off the chains. <laughs> or just to see him, you know, tunnel tunnel uh, 20 years worth of tunneling behind a uh, poster <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then he has to escape through the sewer system. That'd be great. All narrated by Morgan Freeman. Maybe. <laughs> the only logical way this this can go. He's going full on Dufresne. <laughs> right. <laughs> but overall, what what do you think of the episode, Dave? I loved it. Uh, this was this was more satisfying to me than the first one, mm-hmm. although I like I said, the first one really laid some groundwork and this one's just kind of set more stuff in motion. And uh or maybe it's just because I took more detailed notes this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I like it. I'm still kind of like the whole relationship with Jimmy and Kim is still feeling kind of ambiguous at this point. Yeah. Um, that really seems undetermined. It's like they're kind of leaving that open so they can fill it in later, mm-hmm. I guess. But uh, I didn't expect the long game by Chuck. Yeah. I really didn't expect that. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. Um, I really liked how much they put Gus into it. Where just, he had like a couple lines. And he right. was typical, like, hey, I'll help you. I'll clean your watch for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, But I think I'm right. I think he called off a swap that was supposed to happen. And I think that might come into play because that's... Now Gus doesn't have his product. Right. So maybe he's going to go send Mike to retrieve it or something. But we'll save that for preview of the prior. Yeah. Also, I just realized Mike followed this guy one time and assumes that it's his daily routine. Oh. That doesn't seem, I mean, I understand sometimes you're just writing a show. You don't have time to explain all that. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to me like Mike followed this guy one time and assumes that this guy does the same routine every day. Maybe he's. Maybe he's banking on his breadth of experience throughout yeah, the yeah. years. Because it, it, it was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Routine. 
Mm-hmm. Everything that guy did was routine. He knew what he was doing. He didn't hesitate. You can tell he's been doing it a lot. Mm-hmm. But every day, because I wouldn't automatically assume that you're going to go pick up that much drugs or whatever from that drop every single day. But I do, or the record. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of interesting to me. Maybe, uh, maybe real recognize real game <laughs> recognized game game recognized game, <laughs> and he he just uh, spotted another professional. I guess so. You know what I mean? And if he's involved, he's obviously involved in that world. So maybe he just kind of. I mean, Walt. Maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a very educated guess. Yeah. Right? Because when he said well, Jimmy into the restaurant. Yes, but I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of elaborating on the point that it's a guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Mike's a badass. Whatever. It's just writing. Mm-hmm. It's fiction. Suspend, suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Now wrap up the show. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, send us your ideas and what do you think. You can do it on Twitter. That's probably the best way to do it at ISGM Podcast. You can uh, check out our website at www.isgmpodcast.com. Uh, it's all goodman.com. Double S. Double S. It's Saul Goodman.com. Goodman. Please make sure to check out our interview with the man himself, Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That is. This is a really special moment in that interview that's never happened amongst any of our other guests. That's true. A lot of people commenting on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how he, uh, when you addressed it, and then you're like, oh, we're idiots for doing it. He's like, no, it's fine. He's like, I just wanted to look it up. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys are great. You guys are Yeah. <laughs> it's like he knows that we're just some shitty amateurs. Because <laughs> right. he's been there. Right. And he's so grateful where he is. Mm-hmm. And he knows what it's like. Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, it's all goodmen.com. Please make sure to subscribe. Tell your friends all that good stuff. You can find us on Facebook. Also, make sure to check out the Nothing Important Podcast at nothingimportantpodcast.com or on iTunes or at Not Important. PC and uh, something I always forget to mention at not important PC is also our handle on Snapchat and uh, periodically because I I'm not the kind of person that I'll just take random pictures of what I'm eating mm-hmm. but every once in a while you might get to see an email from some celebrity that turned us down for an interview <laughs> my my all time favorite so far is Burt Reynolds <laughs> his uh, agent it was just the middle finger <laughs> yeah it, no his, his agent typed out um, just simply. Bert doesn't do these kind of things. Like, that was it. <laughs> it was. Which is the kind of response we actually want. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, pithy mm-hmm. and right. Uh, honest. Right. <laughs> Don't beat around the bush. Yep. And sometimes we do reuse interviews from It's All Good Man over on Nothing Important, but I do have a lot of cool people uh, lined up for Nothing Important, but they're usually uh, just like Better Call Saul people. They're, they're busy mm-hmm. in their own right. I feel like it's in a weird way. At this point, because Better Call Saul is the niche, so it's easier to land those people because mm. we're a part of what they're doing. Where it's like the general one, I have two really hilarious interviews that I'm waiting for, but it keeps getting pushed back because of the project that they're currently working on. <laughs> where I feel like uh, somebody on the show, Better Call Saul, would probably work in five minutes to chat with us. Right. Where the other guys are like, uh, dude, I am too busy to talk. They're like, I'll talk to you. Right, right. I'm just, I'm just, just wait, 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 wait. Chill. Wait. Yeah. I'm a, I, chill for right now. So. <laughs> so anyway, back the fuck off. Make sure to check us out. Thank you for for uh, thank you for participating. Be on the lookout for all of our upcoming interviews. If you have a dollar to spare, go buy the theme song. If you have a dollar to spare, go buy the theme song. The link should be in the description of the episode. If Dave ever sends me the link, he didn't send it to me last. Time. Oh God damn it! I'll get so make sure to send me the link, Dave. Okay. And uh, maybe some of these fine folks will buy your new remix theme song. So, with that, I hope your Easter was awesome. I hope uh, 
You guys participate in preview with a prior. Hi, Rantula, Doug. Ah! <laughs> Dave? When you're done laughing? Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just solid. <laughs>